The following audio is from First Baptist Church of Conyers. More information about First Baptist Conyers is available at firstconyers.com. Amen. Well, good morning. Somebody once said, um, you aim at nothing and you... Let's try that again. Somebody said, you aim at nothing, you... And it's also true, if you aim at everything, you'll also hit nothing. You know, we're, we're, it's nothing new, but we've, throughout the church age, especially the modern church age, there have been numerous things that have come along throughout uh, the church in, in means of trying to grow the body of Christ. We call that church growth. And if you're like me, I don't know if you are or not, I I read a lot of different periodicals and articles about church growth, and I file most of them that I read in my round filing cabinet. You know which one that is. I may be old-fashioned, I don't know, I may be simple. But I think the greatest plan that has been given for church growth is what Jesus himself gave when he gave the mission to the church, the body of Christ, to go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. There are different ways that we might implement to fulfill that, but I, I don't know about you, but I would much rather follow the instructions that Jesus gave than try to follow man-made instructions of how to do that in a man-made way. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. Three years ago, I introduced to us our mission for First Conyers. And it's popular to try to come up with some snazzy mission statement in the church or a vision statement. But we simply placed it this way based on what we believe that God has called the local church, every local church and every individual within the body of Christ that he has given us a mission and this year in January I want to restate that mission again and kind of share some of where we've been on that journey and where we're going in this coming year this 2020 year and uh, I was reading something that Brandon Rose sent me that uh, the popularity of the mission of the uh, sermon series this year that will be 2020 vision and I don't know about you but I'm already tired hearing that. Amen. The last thing we need is another cliche. But simply play, simply put, God has called us, God has called you as an individual believer if you're in relationship to Christ. This is your mission as well. He has called us as a body of Christ to display the grace of God to all people And he's given us a responsibility and might I say the empowerment that we might win some to Jesus. We disciple them in Jesus and then we send them for Jesus to win others to Jesus to make disciples so that they would follow. It's very simple. And so this morning I want to break that down again and recap uh, for us some of the things that, that this means to us. First of all, let's take this first statement that we have in our mission statement. And that is that God has called us to display His grace. To display His grace. To to live out His grace. To share His grace. To display His immeasurable, unfathomable, unmerited, undeserved grace to all people. The same grace that God exhibited to us when He saved us. How many of you deserved grace? God's salvation. 
Not a one of us. But it was God in his grace that he extended to us his love and his mercy fulfilled in his son Jesus that would go to the cross and die and pay for the penalty of our sins and draw us to him because of his love that we are saved and we're in him. You see, God displayed, initiated his grace to every single one of us. And it's by that that he saved us. And so he has called us as well that we be his instrument as Christ lives his life through us. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. But the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and called me according to his purposes. That God wants to use us. Isn't that amazing? He wants to use us to extend and display His grace to others so that they too might experience His wonderful grace. We're very familiar with the verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, where Paul reiterates, and it's only one of many verses, he tells us that, For by grace you have been saved through faith. He goes on to say, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. We have been saved by God's grace, and not only are we saved by God's grace, but we are kept by God's grace, and daily we live according to His grace. You see, the truth is, we've all heard it, and let me remind us this morning that we had absolutely nothing to bring to the table in this deal with God. There was nothing in any of us that was worth bringing to Him that He needed. We need Him, and we need His saving grace, and by His grace, He has saved every one of us. But not only has He saved us by His grace, we also depend daily, and we grow by His grace. A number of times, Paul uses a phrase, this phrase, or a phrase similar to it in his writings. He says, by the grace God has given me, and there are a number of different things he explains in his Christian life that he lives that out by the grace of God. And not only do we need his grace at salvation when he saves us, but folks, we need his grace every single day in our lives, not just to get through life. It's, that's part of it. But we need his grace in order to grow in him. I've heard it said oftentimes that that if we're not careful, we can leave the grace of God at the foot of the cross. And what that means is we accept the fact that God has saved us by his grace, but we neglect the reality of the ever-increasing daily dependency on the grace of God so that we might grow up in him and be empowered to be obedient to all that he has commanded us. You know, the beautiful thing about God's grace is not only that he saved us by his grace, not only does he keep us and grow us by his grace, but it's by God's grace that he will save us to the very end. And we can realize that hope that John and the group just sang about. You see, by 
saving us by his grace. He has not only saved us by his grace, but he has changed us by his grace. How many of you can look at your Christian life today and look back and say, you know what? I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I desire to be in Christ, but thank God I'm not where I was. Amen. There's that daily grace that God exhibits in our lives, and it's by his power that he changes us. I may have the power to do some behavior modification in my life. Sandy wishes I would do a lot of behavior modification in my life. But I am incapable and you are incapable of making those internal changes that that manifest itself in a regular daily going out and being obedient to the things that he has called us to be. It is by the word of God and the spirit of God that he changes us by his grace. And can I tell you there is power in that and it's power by the Holy Spirit of God as he works in us to conform us into the likeness of his son. Are you excited about being conformed to the likeness of his son. The second part of that statement, not only are we to display the grace of God, but we emphatically and with purpose said that we are to display the grace of God to all people. Will you circle that word all in your mind? Now, in case you're not sure what the word all means, (laughs) it means all. Every stripe, every culture, every ethnicity, every race, every political party. Can can I step aside for a minute and just get on a soapbox? Listen, we are in such a divided nation. I understand the divides. But do not let the God of this age cause you to be hard-hearted because somebody else might be of another political persuasion than you are. You're right. We all know you're right. But can I tell you there is a kingdom... And it's not a kingdom of man that God has called us to proclaim. And it's the kingdom of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. That that we're to, to extend God's grace to all people. Jesus said this in John chapter 15 verse 9. Get your, get your mind around this. He said, as the Father has loved me, So have I loved you. Abide in my love. Can you imagine just for a moment how much the Father loves the Son? And it's with that same love Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so then I do what? I love you. And God has extended his love to us, not so that we can just self-absorb in it, but he desires to use every single one of us that we might be an extension of his love to others. Jesus said in John 13, 34, he says, A new command I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. You see, the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves us. We spoke of this last week immeasurably. 
And now he says, just as I have loved you, I want to use you to display my love to others, to one another. And that's those outside of the body of Christ as well. So God has called us to extend his love. Jesus said in John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Notice in this verse when Jesus said, this is my commandment. It's not optional. Amen. <laughs> he didn't say that if you love guys with white beards, you're to love them, right? Yes. He didn't say that if, 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 if they meet every bit of your criteria, you're to love them. He has called us to love. And I understand there are some folks that are hard to love. Can I say amen to that? You might be sitting next to one of them today. <laughs> but it's by his power working in us. Romans 5 says that God has spread his love abroad in our hearts. And so we are without excuse and we say, I can't love that person. Yes, we can if we obey and listen and allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. I may not agree with them. But I have no excuse not to love. You see... When I think of God's grace and his love, God extends his grace and he extends his love indiscriminately. Who am I to discriminate in God's grace and his love? You see, our prayer is that here at First Conyers that, that, that we become a body of Christ that reflects the makeup of our community. And that includes all people of all stripes, of all economic, of all social, of all ethnic, and all race. Amen. Amen. You see, I believe that's what God's heart is, and that's what God's desire is. And so, first of all, we say in this statement that we're to display the grace of God to all people with a responsibility. That word is there intentionally, responsibility. That we have a responsibility to be on mission to win a person to Jesus. Mark 16, 15 says this. Then he said to them, that is Jesus, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And so our responsibility is that we are to go into all the world, our, our neighborhood, our workplace, our school, our wherever we are, that we are to be on mission with him and sensitive to the Holy Spirit and taking the opportunities that God gives us that we might share the grace and the love of God. Now, it's true that God draws. We don't save anybody, amen? We can't. But, but God saves and God has called us to join him in sharing that good news and that gospel through the story of how he has saved us and transformed our lives with those who are not in relationship with him. And can I underline this? It is not to beat them over the head with the Bible. It is not to post hand grenades out there in social media that condemn rather than display the grace and the love of God. That's not going to save anybody. That's not going to draw anybody. Listen, God desires and God draws those who are being saved. Jesus said this in John chapter 6, 44. He said, no one comes to me, that is Jesus, unless the Father who sent me draws him. 
Now who knows who God is drawing? God does. I don't have any clue who God is drawing. You don't have a clue who God is drawing. But I trust that God is always, always, always at work. Because he desires that none should perish but all come to eternal life. And, and so God draws. And, and, and we're not to know who he's drawing. Sometimes we may get a sense that God is drawing someone. But it's God who draws our responsibility, my responsibility, your responsibility, is that we share what Christ has done for us in saving us with those who God is drawing. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 3. You're familiar with the passage. I'm going to start in verse 6 and, and, and end, the, end the phrase with, with what he says in verse 9. He says, Paul, speaking, he planted the gospel the message of Christ. Apollos, who was contemporary, a contemporary of Paul, he, he watered, he, he gave water to the seed that, that I had planted, but God gave the growth. And then he says this. I love this. He says, we are God's fellow workers. Meaning that God has chosen and desires to, to partner with us, to call us into his mission. And it might be that we plant a seed, it might be that we water, it might be that we till the ground. But it's God who gives the increase, who gives our harvest. Our responsibility is just to share. Isn't that freeing? We've already stated this, but it's God who saves God draws, we share, and God saves. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5. He says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By his grace, you have been saved. You see, it's God who saves. Now, what are we to do in that? Well, first of all, I would say this. The thing that we need to do first and foremost is that we pray. You remember when Jesus was there in Samaria, he said, look, the, the fields are wide unto harvest, ready to be harvested. He said, therefore, pray that the God of the harvest will send laborers in the field so that there may be a harvest. And so our responsibility, first of all, is to pray. And I would encourage you to do this. I do this every morning. Not, don't do it because JMO does it. But, but I ask this every day. I'm like, God, will you use me today in some place where I go? In the different places where I am. Maybe in the restaurant that I have lunch at. Uh, by the way, it's a sandwich factory. And, and most of y'all are there. So I, you know, it's... <laughs> But that God would use me in that place that I might have an opportunity and be attuned of the Holy Spirit. That when God gives opportunity, when God gives chance, maybe I can just plant a seed or maybe I can cultivate the ground. Maybe I can water and God, by your grace, let me, let me see somebody come to Christ today. You see, every one of us have places that we are every day. And, and I trust this, God, God almost never fails. 
that he will bring people across my path almost on a daily basis, that, that it might be a short sentence or it might be a, a long, lengthy conversation that I'm able to have with them. And I would encourage you to pray the same thing. God, God, use me today. Secondly, when God gives opportunity, share your story. Uh, we, we do conduct evangelism training here. We're going to have another series in the fall that we'll do as we do every year. But I'm convinced that, that, that most often we, we don't need evangelism training in my life. I don't know about you. I just need to do it. I just need to be available and share the story. I don't have to, ha- I don't have to know the Romans road. That's good. I don't have to know the, the three circles, life on mission, or all the other different evangelism, explosion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have a story, and you have a story, where all you know is once you were lost, once you were blind, but now you see, and God saved me, and trust the Holy Spirit of God to work through that as he is drawing others. The third way I would encourage encourage you is to invite and invite folks if you're if you're uncomfortable sharing your faith or it's not a good setting we have plenty of the cards in the lobby at the connect desk you can take those and everywhere you are just give somebody that card and invite them listen I was watching folks today and and I've heard this this repeated over and over and over y'all are a loving bunch of folks you know that I mean really when people come, they're, they're welcomed, they're, they're, they're loved on. And God will use that. He'll use you to, to do the work that he's doing. And lastly, I would say this, pray more. <laughs> Last year, we were fortunate in the English service to see 13 follow in believers' baptism where they came to Christ. I, I know we had more come to Christ. In our Spanish service, we had nine that, that were followed, that followed in believers' baptism. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see 13 and 9, but can I say this? Boy, that's just not nearly enough, right? And the motive is not so that we can grow a big, large church. That's not the motive. The motive is, is that I desire, you desire others to experience the same grace and be saved and be born again and their lives transformed by the work of Jesus Christ. There are 34 new members last year. We've done the who's your neighbor, who's your one. We're going to be doing the fall series again. But can I just encourage you this? I, I, I think the most effective means that, that God communicates, that God relates himself, that God uh, works to bring others to him is through your life as you extend God's grace and his love to others. God uses that. Francis of Assisi made this statement and often misquoted and misused, but Francis of Assisi said, at all times share the gospel of necessary used words. Well, sometimes we've taken that to mean, well, you know, I don't have to share, but I would remind you what the scriptures say. Faith comes by hearing and that of the word of God. But God will use you as you extend his love. So let's, let's be conscious and pray daily that, that God would use us in those areas that, that he is working and drawing. The second part of our, our mission statement is not only to win a person to Jesus, but to disciple a person in Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 28, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That's really all ethnos, all peoples. 
Every stripe, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. Jesus said in Mark chapter 1 verse 17, he said, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. There's a lot of debate, and even within our own body, of, of how do you define discipleship? What is discipleship? What does it look like? Well, there's a lot of stuff out there on discipleship. Can I put it very simply? I think discipleship is just simply mentoring, living a life as, as we're following Jesus and being vulnerable about the times when we don't follow him. Anybody, I, none of you don't follow him occasionally, do you, right? Follow Jesus, being obedient to everything that he's commanded and, 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 and engaging another person in that to say, you follow me as I follow Christ. That's what Paul said. He said, be imitators of me as I am an imitator of Jesus. And, and teaching those, pouring into the life of. It, we've said this before, it's not just a curriculum. Curriculum is very helpful and curriculum is good. But simply it is having life engagement with others as we are following Christ and we're sharing with them how we have learned to follow Christ. You see, we can discuss it and we can debate it. I, I, I have a number of, I, well, there's... Uh, Attempt of engagement of, of and I just don't I just don't debate it anymore of what should be and what should be included in the curriculum etc 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 but but what it boils down to is this and let me let me ask you, how many of you have a piece of exercise equipment in your home that is now a clothing rack <laughs> you're ashamed to raise your hand. You see, I, I, can, I can research, I can study exercise equipment until the cows come home. I can have unlimited resources to purchase all the equipment to put in my home gym that I need in order to be healthy, to live a more healthy lifestyle in life. But if, 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 if it doesn't go any further than that, by the way, how many of you have already blown your New Year's resolution? Today's January 12th. But if, if, I, if all I do is study the equipment, if all I do is read the research, if all I do is plop down my credit card and put it on there and pay it off for the next 30 years, but I never implement and get on that piece of equipment, I'm not going to be any healthier. We can talk all we want about discipleship, but the question is, am I engaged in making disciples? That's what it comes down to. We, we, we can say that we're mature, we're, we're grown in Christ, but can I propose to you that, that there's a question and I would say, are we really mature, are we really following Christ if we're not engaged in what He was doing? He came and did. He made disciples. Amen? 
So we want to engage in making disciples. Discipleship comes in a lot of different forms. And, and part of what we're doing here this morning is discipleship. And although I don't think it's the best form, I, I think probably in an individual basis is maybe most profitable and best. But what we do in our small groups is discipleship. It's community that takes place in there. And we grow centered around the Word of God. What we, what we were initiating, we did last Tuesday. And by the way, I was so great. It was 45 or so men together from, from every age demographic. I loved it. I was excited about it. That from the old gray-haired, like John down here, all the way down to some high school boys, guys coming together. Why? So we can build relationship and we can disciple one another around the Word of God. Small groups. It's what takes place or should take place relationally as we disciple one another. And will God grow us in that to ever-increasing measure? Next Sunday... Ryan will be leading a class we're calling Rooted Class. It's a 10-week class. If, if you're not signed up for that, I, I would encourage you to maybe pray about it. Write it on your Connect card today. Rooted Class, it starts next Sunday. But it's designed for that. And lastly, send a person for Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8. But you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, when he has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There are a number of things that I would want to share with you about last year's mission trips. We, we had about 11 mission trips with some 140 participants going on mission in foreign lands. And next year, we'll have just about the same number of mission trips that are coming up. As a matter of fact, in February, Glenn, I think you will be leaving with Terry Burkeen and one other to go to Liberia to continue the training there of the 20 pastors that you're investing in to equip them. We have 24 graduated in, in the fall in Nicaragua. We have that same number that just began in January being trained there. Booker Banda, who was with us a few months ago. Remember Booker, who was, his line was come to where? Malawi. We just started with 25 that are there. You're supporting that, that school that, that's happening there. We're going to go back in October for the graduation and other experiences there. There's some exciting thing that how many of you here this morning are from the islands? Let me see your hand. Raise it high. I know islanders are proud. You know what I've recognized in our community? That everywhere that I go, it seems to be that I speak to someone with a Trinidadian accent. Now, some, some got ired up on that. Maybe Jamaican accent or whatever. But, but from the islanders, I, I've been doing some research. We have a huge population of unchurched islanders right here in our community. And so I've invited a pastor who, who's an associate with Luther Rice to come in April. And we're going to have a Caribbean weekend. Why? Because we see that in our community there is a large number of islanders who are unchurched or unsaved. And our desire is that we would see them come to Christ and this become their church home. Amen. A couple of 
couple of quick things I, w- I want to share with you. Because we talk about foreign, we talk about here. Here's just a, a small splatter of examples of things that I hear, fortunately, I get to hear stories all week. And you don't get to hear them. And we don't communicate them as well as we ought to. We have a gentleman who attends a second service. His name is Steve Rasmussen. And Steve, Steve plays the guitar, and, and he's gifted in singing. And Steve had come to me uh, months ago and had a desire to use the gift and ability that God has given him uh, with his guitar and singing. And I said, Steve, here, here's some great opportunity. Steve now has a ministry that, that the Lord has raised him up for, that, that he goes into different uh, homes, nursing homes or hospice in our community, and he uses the gift that God has given him to sing and to play guitar. Some are our church members that he goes to visit, but others are those names that just come to us and we're able to send Steve there, and many of them at their last stages of life don't have a relationship with Christ. That's just one example. Mike, you you go down to the detention center in Jacksonville at least once a month. Where are you, Mike? There you are back there in the back. You're not going to like it that I'm singling you out. But he goes to Jackson Detention Center on at least a monthly basis to go there and minister to prisoners who are there at the detention center. And we take the curriculum that we have here that's left over or some of you don't like, okay? And we send it down there. Listen, you may not like it, but they love getting it. Why? So they can grow in their faith in Christ. That's just an example. Every Tuesday we have our beach club that that God opened miraculously really through the county for us to go in. And we're able to do a Bible club at Pine Street Elementary every week. And right now we have about 17 kids that are regular in that. And to the T, most of those children are unchurched. And Miss Vicki was sharing with me when they began to share the story of Jesus. They had not even heard the name of Jesus. And so we're able to be in there every week and to love them. We have 22 volunteers that serve faithfully every week there at Pine Street Elementary. They had a a big crescendo last semester where they were giving all of the children their Bible, their own Bible. Many of those kids did not have a single Bible in their home. And the parents came so that they might come to that celebration. And we're praying that we're going to see kids and their families come to Christ. Listen, let let me wrap it up with this. On average, we have, between our two services, not this doesn't include our Spanish service, on average, we have about 625 attenders here every weekend at First Conyers. We kind of estimate, based on 1.6 times a month as a regular attender, that, that we probably have, in effect, about 850 or so that we would say attend regularly services, maybe a little bit more, I don't know, here on the weekend. Here's what I thought about. Of 850 attenders, if we all take on this mission that Jesus has called us to, on any given day of the week, there are a minimum of 850 mission points in our community. Think about that. That's mind-boggling, isn't it? You see, what I want us to see ourselves is not just a, a church with a mission statement, that, that we're going to display the grace of God to all people with the responsibility to win, disciple, and to sin. 
I want us to see us as individual believers that God has given us that mission in life. And you know what? I really believe that in 2020, that as we engage in that, as we pray in that, as we're intentional towards that, we're going to be able to say with Paul, as he said in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. According to the power at work within us. And we're going to be able to say to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul says that God, he is able to do immeasurably more than what we could ever ask by the power that works in us. May we release that power as he lives his life through us. Can I say amen to that? Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Conyers, located in Conyers, Georgia. For more information about First Baptist Conyers, please visit us online at firstconyers.com.